Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Might be the apocalypse, and uh, I can't breathe at all. But we're going to have some fun today. It's Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana Television. I am Coulter Nuanas. Proud to be broadcasting from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula. Uh, they're located over there on the corner of Stevens and Mount. Go check them out. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. A lot to get to today on a Monday. Hope you're having a great Monday. It is smoky. That's stating the obvious. That's the low-hanging fruit. But, man, I woke up this morning. I couldn't even record my sports center until just before lunch today because my throat was just killing me so bad. So the smoke is bad in Missoula. Hopefully uh, it clears out soon. Fires everywhere. But thank you to all the wildland fires, uh, firefighters, that is that are helping uh, at least try to mitigate the situation that we got going. I did that once upon a time, and I thought it was an awesome job. But uh, sometimes it can be very dangerous, very risky, so appreciate everybody out there that's helping at least keep these things under control. We're going to start off like we have for the last several Mondays with Brooks Nuanis, SkylineSportsMT.com. He's my business partner. He's my brother. And uh, we've been talking a lot of NBA here together. Uh, we're also going to talk about the British Open. Colin Morikawa wins his second major. Uh, so a great performance by the 24-year-old former uh, Stanford golfer who has, quite honestly, risen as fast, if not faster, than any of his peers. So we'll talk both uh, British Open, NFL, and NBA with Brooks here in just a minute. Also, this is going to be fun. This is a guy I've worked with on and off a lot, actually, throughout the years. He's a big supporter of mine in terms of my journalism career. Uh, but he has some radio chops himself. It's Ian Laird. He is the voice of the Gallatin Raptors, but he's been doing some uh, high school play-by-play around uh, Bozeman for quite some time now. And so he's going to give us a little insight into Eastern AA football. Ryland Schlepp, who's the uh, tight end for Gallatin, the Gallatin Raptors. Uh, who's committed to the uh, Montana State Bobcats as of uh, just a couple weeks ago. Also, Ryland will join me tomorrow, so we'll look forward to that as well. But Ian's going to just break it all down for us. What has the uh, 
implementation of a new high school in Bozeman done to the sporting scene there. Also going to talk a little Montana men's amateur. Uh, the State Am was at Canyon River over the weekend. And Joey Lovell, what a performance. Uh, Joey will actually join me tomorrow as well. Uh, the Big Sky State Games are going on as well, so we'll give you some updates for all of that. It is the Olympics, obviously. You knew that. We've been talking about that quite a bit. But ESPN.com had a great article today, the top 25 Olympians uh, from the United States that they are looking forward to watching in the upcoming Olympics. So I'll give you some of my takes on all that. The NBA draft is also coming up. I was in Indianapolis uh, in March for the NCAA tournament, so I got a chance to see a ton of guys that will be drafted uh, into the NBA draft. So I'll give you some of that as well. And probably the biggest news in terms of results of games, the Missoula Paddleheads, the first half champions of the Pioneer League Northern Division. They did it with 14 unanswered runs on Friday to secure the first half title. Uh, So Jeff Safford, voice of the Paddleheads, usually joins us on Tuesdays, but he'll join us here uh, off the top on Mondays. Uh, uh, This Monday, that is. So we look forward to talking to Jeff. Going out to the Rangers Brothers every phone line, welcome in Brooks Nuanas to the show. He's been doing uh, kind enough to contribute to us here uh, at Nuanas now for most of the summer. We've been talking mostly NBA, but uh, now the NFL is right around the corner, and so is college football, and there's all sorts of content coming out and hype around everything. So uh, we'll start there. Brooks and I have a pretty much endless thread on Twitter where we exchange uh, various pieces of news via the Twitter messaging and a ton of good tidbits always uh, in there. But one that he sent to me earlier today, Melvin Ingram, formerly of the San Diego and Los Angeles Chargers, is headed to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just a one-year contract. Melvin Ingram's had a hard time staying healthy these last couple years, but one of the better pass rushers in the NFL when he is healthy. So, Brooks, I know that uh, Pittsburgh, the defense that they're running, uh, they need those edge guys, and when they don't have them, that was sort of how they fell apart last year. When Bud Dupree got hurt, that really impacted uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers in a negative fashion defensively. So you like this addition of Melvin Ingram to Pittsburgh. You know, I love it, man. I mean, Pittsburgh has so much experience on both sides of the ball now, but especially defensively, man. I mean, it's an impressive group. Uh, You'll get Devin Bush back, uh, who tore his ACL as a rookie, but I thought was the most talented defensive player in that draft. Um, Stephon Tewitt and Cameron Hayward on the inside is just, I mean, really savage players. Those are, that's an impressive inside um, defensive line, as well as on the other side, you got T.J. Watt. So you had T.J. Watt, put Melvin Ingram on the other side. Melvin Ingram can play inside as well. So we talk about kind of that odd man front that, that, they, that the Steelers like to run with that stand-up linebacker and T.J. Watt, who is much more like a defensive end uh, on any other scheme. Um, Ingram can play on the opposite side and kind of play a five-tech, a lot like what Casey Hayward does. And Casey Hayward can move a little bit more inside to the three-tech. So really interesting positioning. They can run multiple fronts with that group. And some of the best pass rushers in the NFL now on one team with a great secondary. I mean, I like Terrell Edmonds, but McKenna Fitzpatrick, I believe, is the best safety in the league, if not one of the two or three, and then good corners on on the outside as well. So I really like where this team is at. Um, and a little tidbit that you'll enjoy, Coulter, is that uh, their second-string safety right now is Miles Kilbrew from Southern Utah, who spent so much time with the Detroit Lions after being drafted in 2015. Um, so a little big set connection there on that on that big uh, that Pittsburgh defense. Miles Kilbrew is certainly one of the best players we've covered at SkylineSportsMT.com uh, since the uh, in the seven years we've been doing it together. And he was a good friend of the Big Sky Breakdown. He was always kind enough to come on. It was interesting because during 2015 season when Southern Utah had, I believe, three guys that got drafted in the NFL, Kilbrew, LaShawn Sims, and James Kalzer. We were kind of the only outlet covering them, so we sort of had this inside track on Southern Utah. And so it was very fun getting to cover those guys and see where they're, the heights that their careers uh, have reached, particularly Killebrew. I mean, he's still in the league here now uh, seven or eight years later. Uh, but, Brooks, one last question on the Steelers because I think this is actually a fascinating team. They went 12-4 and four last year. They left something to be desired in a lot of ways because they just, quite frankly, could not run the ball. They were the worst running team in the NFL. That's such a weird thing considering the identity the Steelers have had for so long. They do have great talent defensively, but like you mentioned too, Bud Dupree, Devin Bush, those guys getting hurt uh, really hurt the Steelers. And and that put so much pressure on those guys up front like Cameron Hayward and T.J. Watt. But it seems like personnel-wise, when they are fully healthy, if you have Stephon Tuitt and Cameron Hayward and T.J. Watt, you add Melvin Ingram, Devin Bush, you still have Joe Hayden, Terrell Edmonds, Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, they, they have a lot of name-brand marketable players defensively. And then offensively, depending on what you can get out of Ben Roethlisberger, other than that, they seem good to go. So what do you? what's your overall evaluation of this team? Because 12-4 and four a year ago, 
uh, they still sort of left something to be desired, and they had such a quick exit from the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, one of the more talented teams in the NFL. But you said they couldn't run it. Well, they couldn't throw it either. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger had the shortest right. uh, com- completion <laughs> average in the NFL. I mean, I think it was literally like 4.4 yards from the line of scrimmage. The end of play was like 7.8 yards per completion. It was, low, it was the lowest of the, of, of the starter in the NFL. And this year, you said they can't run it. They, well, they go out and draft a running back in the first round. But everyone knows in the NFL that's not how you run the football. That's the right. running back is not how who, who, who defines running the football. And they have not improved their offensive line. Very very much at all. They let go of David DeCastro, who is all by all accounts might retire due to an ankle injury. And um, they side sign Trey Turner from uh, the, the San Diego Chargers or Los Angeles Chargers now. But when you look at that offensive line, only Zach Banner is someone that you'd recognize in the last two or three years. So yeah. does Roethlisberger's elbow improve? He pretty much has the essence of exactly actually what it is. It's Tommy John surgery, which we're familiar with in baseball, tore a ligament in his elbow and comes back pretty quickly one year after with no velocity and he's starting to become older. With that talented of a, of a receiving group with Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, really good receivers, if not some of like the most talented uh, possession receivers in the entire league. You hope that you could imagine that they would take a step forward, especially with a first-round running back who they can lean on a little bit more. Uh, time will tell. It's a really good defense, though. Juan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television, around the great state of Montana. Hope you're enjoying your Monday. Hope you're enjoying your summer. I had a great weekend up at Flathead Lake. Got to hang out with a couple friends. Uh, if by chance they are listening, Brooks, uh, Stephanie, and Poppy wanted to tell you hi. So uh, fun seeing all the, the old friends. That's always one of the best parts about living in Montana because everybody comes to Montana in the summer if they're from here. So you get to see all your friends without ever really having to go anywhere. Uh, but I was rushing back from the lake Sunday because I had some work to do on my house, but also wanted to catch the back nine of the uh, British Open. And so I uh, got there. You were giving me updates uh, until I fi- got home, and uh, I got to watch from about hole 11 on. And what a duel. Uh, I think a, a return to the roots of golf when it comes to shot making and uh, all of the elements of golf that are, are so important. Because Jordan Spieth and, and Colin Marikawa, they're not like Dustin Johnson or Rory McIlroy or, or like a like a old Tiger Woods where they're just pounding the ball an unfathomable amount off the tee. In fact, these guys don't really hit that off the tee that far at all, especially compared to their peers. But the short game display, the approach shots, the chipping, the putting, I mean, my goodness, both these guys lit it up. And Colin Morikawa, unbreakable all the way down the stretch. He holds off Spieth. He holds off as charging John Rahm. And at the... Ripe young age of 24 years old, Colin Marikawa, the British Open, Open champion. So I know, Brooks, you had a lot of fun watching this spectacle. What was your take? It's my favorite things in the world. I mean, it's hard to say that I don't like Sunday on a major championship in golf more than anything in sports. Um, it, it, it takes a lot of cojones to step up there and really actually compete and actually hold a lead like Cormac. Colin Morikawa did on Sunday. Uh, impressive performance. He's now joins a list of, of two-time major winners before the age of 25 that includes Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, and Colin Morikawa. And I think it's a really impressive list. I, I told my son, Ellis, who's you know all of four, tr- working on five years old, that, Ellis, this is so cool that you'll get to watch Colin Morikawa until you're my age. That he will now be in your life for the next 25 years as a, as a, as a perennial star in, the, in, in this game. And, uh, as you mentioned, he's 114th off the tee, uh, first in, in shots gained between, uh, between the tee and, and the green, and first in GIR, greens and regulation, in the, in the, on the PGA Tour this year. What an impressive ball-striking performance. As you said, it's kind of a throwback, uh, throwback style of golf. You get it off the tee, then really execute after that. But, man, was he ice cold. Him and his caddy worked through everything, hit a lot of putts. He's changed his grip. You'll find this interesting, Coulter, is that he uses a regular standard um, interlocked grip outside of about 30 feet, and then inside 30 feet he does the soft grip where you take your right mm-hmm. hand and you put it on the outside of the club and use your fingers. So he has two grips depending on the, on the length of putt. And to win a major championship with the drill and everything, he had 96 putts in, at one point through 68 holes, which I thought was an amazing stat, averaging about 1.3 putts per hole. Um, on those challenging uh, English courses, the Open champion was impressive. Brooks Nuanez joining us here on Nuanez Now, doubling up the Nuanez Now. We've been doing this a lot on Mondays and having a lot of fun doing it. Well, I want to ask you a couple about uh, Jordan Spieth and Louis Ustase, and before that, one more about Colin Morikawa. Interesting, too, Brooks, you mentioned the putting. He learned the soft putting stroke from one Marco Mira, who was famously a really good friend of Tiger Woods. 
and then had one of the storybook years in the history of the PGA Tour when he was uh, in his mid to late 40s and won his only two majors uh, in that calendar year. Uh, so that was a fun story uh, a generation ago, but he's mentored Colin Morikawa a lot and cool that, that there's that crossover in the game. But Brooks, Morikawa now has competed in eight majors in his life, and he's won two. We've seen, though, guys burst onto the scene at an earlier age than ever before over this last 10 to 12 years on the PGA Tour. A lot of guys, like Rory McIlroy, like Jordan Spieth, uh, like Jason Day, they were winning their majors early and then sort of hit a wall. And most of those guys, uh, Brooks Kepka was in this mold too. I mean, he had won three or four in his first four, you know, in his first 10 to 12 starts. And uh, then has he's been in contention, but has not been able to come back around and win another one. So with Murakawa, what's different about him? What do you think? I mean, I know I know that you and I both agree that he's a guy that could stack some major championships up here uh, because of a lot of different factors. But what do you think makes him different than some of those other guys? Or I guess how does he avoid some of the, the sort of the wall that some of these guys have hit over the last several years? Yeah, I think there's a lot of factors that play into it. I think the most important thing, at least in his game currently, is how successful he was as a, as a young champion on the, in the amateur golf in the United States. Very similar to Tiger Woods. You know, one back-to-back um, United States pro, uh, pro-ams or the amateur title, if you will. Um, he won a ton in college, won a national championship as well. Um, so some of the early winning, not everyone does that. You, think, you would always think that Jordan Spieth won multiple national championships in college. Not the case. Um, you know, a guy like you look back at a guy like Phil Nicholson who won back to back, and you go to look at that career. Some of that amateur success and learning how to win early because it, it's all mental at that point. All of these guys have the physical skills. I think that's really important. I think Colin Morikawa has that that it gene, if you will, when it comes to staying mentally engaged. But the other part of it that I think is really interesting, as far as when you talk about the the guys who start to fall off a bit, is the pressure starts to play. Uh, the, the outside, you're, you're starting to be higher on odds list when it comes to betting. You're, you're starting to be more Twitter engagements, more social media engagements, more uh, media engagements in general. You'll be asked to be, to be talked to more often. All of these things start to play in, especially with a young golfer. And it's hard to find the time to stay dialed into a routine. It's hard to find the time to not want to get away after you have a big win like this. Colin Morikawa was asked after he's going to compete on the Olympic team, which starts next week. Um, in Tokyo, and he said, and they said, how are you going to recover for this? And he said, it's going to be really challenging to win a major and then go play in something as big as the Olympics. And that kind of stuff is day-to-day on the tour. If you have a big win, sometimes it's hard to stay motivated. These guys play golf a whole lot more than I think a lot of people think. And it's challenging. You know, I played golf, and you have as well. Three times in a week, is, it makes, you know, by the third time you feel tired, let alone playing 96 holes a day. So these guys, it's all about being able to stay in the groove. I think Colin Marcello mentally has a lot, there's a different, a makeup than a guy like Jordan Spieth or Brooks Kepka, a little bit more free flowing, but a little bit more analytical as well. I like his chances to, to stay hot here for the next couple of years. I misspoke earlier too. I said Colin Morikawa from Stanford. That's incorrect. He's actually from Cal Berkeley. Uh, so Cal, Tiger Woods, obviously famously uh, from Stanford. But you're right, Brooks. Two of the great amateur players in U.S. history. I think Tiger Woods, the only three-time U.S. amateur champion, and Colin Morikawa won two straight. He also won five times in college, including uh, the Pac-12 championship and a national championship as well. So uh, he does have that tournament experience. I think it's an interesting point you make as well about. The consistency of wanting to continue to play. That was what made Tiger Woods so good. Is Tiger Woods would win the Masters, and he doesn't need to get away. He, in fact, cannot wait to go out there and do it again. And uh, it's almost a... I don't even know what to, how, to, how to say it. It's almost a mental illness. The pursuit of it is borderline unhealthy, but it, that's what made Tiger Woods so great. And so, so we'll see if Morikawa can lock in on that element of uh, his chase as he continues to climb the ladder. Already two majors in the books at the age of 24. Brooks Nuana is joining us here on Nuana's Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Brooks Jordan Spieth was the guy early on in his career. He still is a very reputable name in the world of golf, but it's been a minute since he won a major. He had the um, the meltdown at the Masters when he hit the ball in the water, uh, and it, it took him years, honestly, to recover from that. But he won uh, a normal, uh, just a standard PGA tournament earlier this summer uh, leading up to uh, the PGA Championship, and then he's in the contention all the way down the wire here at the British Open. So do you believe that Jordan Spieth has turned a corner? 
Yeah, I do. I mean, you could see it was vintage Jordan Spieth, if you will. I mean, there was he was hitting shots that were just exactly like he was in his quote unquote early prime. And also, I mean, his ability to make putts is where he, you know, where his bread is buttered, and it, it was darn impressive some of the putts he made. The thing was that Colin Morikawa wasn't letting up. If he made one mistake, I think on 15, Colin Morikawa hits it left deep into the rough, has to get out of there, up and down, say par does so. Right there, he loses a stroke. Jordan Spieth has a chance the entire time. He missed a 60-foot putt by an inch for birdie. Missed another another putt on 17 by an inch for a birdie. Um, So the fact that Jordan Spieth was able to chase, he understood the the weight of it, uh, was really darn impressive. Because like you've mentioned, mentally, He's also someone who's he has a long-term caddy. He's slipping my name right now. I can't. I think it's Brian. Uh, long-term caddy, Jordan Spieth is very vocal. You can listen to him his entire the entire every round of the, every tournament. You can listen to him critique himself. You can listen to him break down shots. And he was at times he's very hard on himself. In this tournament, he was being hard on himself, but he was actually stepping up to the moment. I thought that was a huge change. That was what it. In the last two or three years, when he's hard on himself, you can start to feel the wheel shake. And during this British Open, I really thought that he was able to correct some things and hit shots that he that make him one of the greatest players in the world when he's doing so. And that short game inside 100 yards, his ability to put that ball close is, is so darn impressive. One of the short, best short game players of his generation, no question, no matter what happened in that last couple of years when he has not had as much success, one of the great short, uh, short game players of his generation, no doubt. No doubt. And when he gets hot, I mean, his putter is among the most ferocious weapons in all of the PGA. I mean, he he intimidates people with his putting as much as anybody intimidates uh, the competition with some of the shots they can hit or being long off the tee or any of that because he really can roll it in from 50 feet and out. <laughs> I heard an amazing stat uh, during the broadcast. Jordan Spieth, uh, last, over the last calendar year, has made on average 25% of his putts 50 feet or farther. So one out of four, he has a chance of rolling one in. When he's 50 feet or farther away, that's an amazing statistic. Uh, Brooks Nuanas joining us here on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. All right, Brooks, let's talk a little bit of NBA Finals. The NBA Finals back in action tomorrow. The last time we chatted, the Phoenix Suns were in the driver's seat, up 2 nothing. Now the Milwaukee Bucks have all the momentum in the world, and they lead 3-2. to two. Uh, after a great performance on Saturday, again, Giannis Antetokounmpo continues to lead the way. Um, he is putting forth one of the great finals performances ever. I think that it's accentuated with the fact that he went down uh, in such a scary fashion during the conference finals. So, Brooks, in your mind, how have the Bucks been able to steal the momentum like they have against the Phoenix Suns? Well, they have the best player in the world right now. It's a funny thing in the NBA, but it's true because you have a team that gets knocked out, and you can't call Kevin Durant for the Nets the best, the best player in the world because he's not playing. But right now, it's not even close. The Bucks are the best player in the world in Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he's playing at such a high level. I mean, for the for, for the the finals, he's averaging thirty two, thirteen, and six. And I mean, they're as legendary numbers as they really are. It's, we're talking about Shaq, you know, Shaq and Kareem, Hakeem Olajuwon. That's about it, man. That put up that kind of numbers and this dominant, especially defensively. You saw the play in Game Four. The block on DeAndre Ayton, and then the the strip by Drew Holiday in Game Five that led to the fast break oop to seal the game, and the dunk finished by Giannis, which will honestly go down as hyperbole, you know. But this is recency, such a recency bias will go down as one of the, the greatest plays in NBA history. If they go ahead and seal this thing, that steal on Devin Booker, who's got you know quote, over forty points at the time, to go rip Devin Booker while Drew Holiday is playing his first good game offensively in the finals to get that steal as one of the best defensive players in the league and then to make that pass to take have the confidence to throw that ooh but he threw it late and high and Giannis went went ahead and finished that thing and stared down the whole world in the camera I mean it gives me goosebumps thinking about it, it it's it's legendary stuff man it, it's Giannis taking his back-to-back MVPs and, and we talked about it a lot this year finishing third in the MVP voting very well could have got it a back-to-back MVP to go ahead and power through a finals run like this while sustaining that knee injury, which was horrific. It was one of the worst, scariest knee actions I've seen, period, without having a full go ACL, MCL. And for that to happen, and only two or three days later, playing game one, we all said, you know, the Bucks go ahead and lose game one to the Suns. Well, we should have sat Giannis. We should all be smarter. For him to show up for his team like that, and to have the humility and the and the, the confidence to show out like that, just to even play, and uh, finish with twenty and twenty. I mean, what a guy! Giannis has taken over these finals. Uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker will, will have a chance to answer, but right now the Bucks are in full control. 
One of the most fun parts. Brooks Nuana is talking NBA Finals here on Nuana's Now with us, by the way. He joins us on the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. I'm Coulter Nuana. Maybe you're watching in statewide, SWX Montana Television. Uh, Brooks, one of the most fun parts about these particular finals is we actually have a couple really good friends that are big-time Bucks fans. And oftentimes the teams play in the finals, you don't really know people that are big-time fans of them. But we have sometimes the smaller market teams are the ones that have the most fearsome fans. So from one of our good fr- uh, buddies that's a big-time Bucks fan, Bill Lamberty at Montana State uh, Sports Information Director, he sent me a great stat earlier. He said, via tracking data... Uh, Suns pick and roll efficiency for the finals when Drew Holiday is defending the ball handler in the pick and roll. That's happened 159 times. They're giving up less than a point per chance. When any other buck is defending the ball handler in the pick and roll, they're giving up 1.15 points per chance. That's an amazing discrepancy. You're talking almost four-tenths of a point more when Drew Holiday not defending on the ball. And so that's, uh, I think, telling to what the Bucks need to do and the adjustments that they've made just from a strategic standpoint, that have helped them sort of alter the the tide in this series. When when Drew Holiday is the one cutting off the pick and roll with either Devin Booker or Chris Paul when they have the ball in their hands for Phoenix, that then is the thing that makes the Bucks defense go because then Giannis can roam the paint, he can roam the lane, he can protect the rim, he can be a secondary perimeter defender while being one of the great perimeter defenders in the league. So Brooks, I know Mike Budenholzer. A couple months ago, like when the playoffs were in its beginning, there's a lot of people saying the coach Bud was on the hot seat. Well, now he's one win away from the NBA from the NBA championship. So, uh, good adjustments by him. Good adjustments by the Bucks. Uh, how much of an impact do you think those defensive adjustments though have had on Milwaukee winning three straight? Well, you know, I'll, the only thing I'll push back on is that they were one Kevin Durant big toe away from not being in the in the NBA Finals. Truth. Um, Otherwise, what what an impressive! I have actually had some people push back on me from this show saying when I called Drew Holiday the best perimeter defender in the NBA, they say there's no chance. At this point, I would love to hear have the argument with anyone and any and everybody. Uh, Drew Holiday is picking up people three quarters quarter, if not full court, for 40 minutes a game, and he's not hesitant to shoot. Still, he has not shot well, 34 percent for the for the series. But this is not a guy who's shooting 34 percent on on low volume. He's putting up shots. He's getting 15 to 20 shots a game and still playing this kind of lockdown defense. I mean, he at times, there is very rare occasions in the NBA where guys just get ripped, where they just straight get the ball stolen out of their hands. I mean, you might get a little pick here or someone, a help defender reaches reaches in and gets a loose ball going, but very rarely do premier perimeter players just get ripped. And it happens two or three times a game with Drew Holiday, leading to explosive plays on the other end. I mean, the defensive adjustments with Drew Holiday starting to pick up, and he can also guard everyone. So as you mentioned, Coach Bud talking about some um, adjustments, well, Drew Holiday doesn't just have to guard Chris Paul. He'll guard Devin Booker. He'll guard Jay Crowder. He'll guard whoever needs, whoever is the primary focus on on offense for the Suns, and man, I think he's been impressive. That The big three of Chris Middleton, you can't do it by yourself, and we knew that Giannis had all the skills in the world. If, before this 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 playoff started, if, if the Bucks were to win, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are going to have to play well, and they've traded off, and then we see them all three play well in the same game, and they get the first road win in the finals. Really darn impressive for, for a group of three like that, especially some unheralded guys that people were unsure of as far as making it to the mountaintop. Brooks Nuanas joining us here on Nuanas Now. One last question for you, Brooks. Game six, by the way, 7 p.m. ABC tomorrow. That's Tuesday. So we will have the game here on ESPN Radio because we have no Missoula Paddleheads that uh, evening because Tuesdays, that's their day off. By the way, if you missed the news, the Missoula Paddleheads, the first-half champions of the Pioneer League North, Jeff Safford from the Missoula Paddleheads, will join us here on Nuanas Now in about an hour. Brooks, what does Phoenix need to do to extend the series and force a, a seventh game? Well, they're going to have to get Chris Paul going a little bit. You know, I, I think by all accounts, there's been it's widely reported that he's got a wrist injury on his left wrist. You can see it taped. Um, maybe some torn ligaments in there. You know, he's had some issues dribbling. He really can't get to the rack right now. Um, so, how, whatever they need to do to get Chris Paul a little bit of offense going, what it looks like right now is the Bucks are willing to let Devin Booker go. We've seen this throughout NBA history. I mean, there is offensive talent that you just can't stop. And right now, the Bucks are, are kind of saying. Devin Booker, go ahead. I mean, you're gonna when you get to that middle, when you drive and you get to 18 feet, and you you pull up. 
But she's got so many shots in his bag, it's just impressive. He has it from all three levels. You can even break it down to like six levels, though, because he has like some, some mid-level stuff that's like the 12 feet and the, the 17 feet that aren't common. Devin Booker has it all. And the Bucks are kind of giving it to him a little bit right now. So I think that Chris Paul needs to get involved a little bit more, and I think that that happens with DeAndre Ayton and a little bit more pick-and-roll stuff. Ayton has started to find – has started to look a little bit young right now. How do you get DeAndre Ayton back involved offensively? Defensively and rebounding-wise, his presence is always felt. I think a little bit of Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, pick-and-roll, get Chris Paul downhill a little bit more to where he can kick to shooters. None of that's happening right now. It's a lot of the Devin Booker show, I think that – if the, if the Suns want to have a chance in Game 7, that's what they're going to have to do on the road. Best analysis out there, Brooks Nuanez, SkylineSportsMT.com, and our contributing NBA analyst here on Nuanez. Now, thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Tell everybody I said hi. Much love to the kids, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Nuanez now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Ian Laird making his debut here on Nuanas Now here uh, in just a minute. He is the voice of the Gallatin Raptors for football and a guy that's called a lot of high school sporting events for first Bozeman High and now Gallatin High uh, there in the Gallatin Valley. So he will join us to tell us about that influence and impact that the new high school in Bozeman has had on the sporting landscape, particularly when it comes to football. He'll also give us some insight on the Ryland Schlepp. One of the big in-state recruits, one of the first big in-state recruits to commit to new Montana State head football coach, Brent Vegan. Keep it right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana, a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio. We made the New York Times. I'm reading an article right now during the break titled Extreme Heat Bakes the Northern Rockies as Wildfires Rage in the West. I think that about sums her up. Supposed to be a heat wave all the way through Thursday. Expecting temperatures of as high as 106 in Billings, 107 in Glasgow, more than 100 in Livingston, Big Timber, and Sheridan. Um, Salt Lake City is expected to have a high of over 100 degrees for the duration of the week. So uh, it's hot. It's smoky. We're burning down. Hopefully we get some relief soon because we're going to need it. This is the earliest I can really remember it being this smoky around the great state of Montana. Welcome back. We're not going to talk much more about the smoke. We're going to have some fun instead. Let's talk positive things. We love to do that here. I'm Coulter Nuanas. It's 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana TV, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studios. Visit Northwest Motorsport online. Check out all their online inventory, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Go down to the Rangers Players RV phone line. Welcome in good buddy of mine for the debut on this show. This will be fun. Ian Laird. He does done a lot of high school play-by-play around the Gallatin Valley. That's how we first got to know each other. That and his uh, obsession, maybe you wouldn't call it an addiction, to the Montana State Bobcats. That's how we became friends. But uh, he's been calling the Gallatin High School games, especially football, here for a little while as well. So we're going to talk about the emergence of that new high school, its impact on the sporting world in the Gallatin Valley, and a couple other things as well. Ian, thanks for making time for us today, man. How you doing? Uh, hold on one sec, Coach Vegan. I'm uh, on the phone with somebody else. I'll uh, get right back to you. <laughs> hey, Coulter, can you hear me okay? I love it. 
I love it. Let's start there because you and I actually haven't talked that much about it. We exchange texts and talk quite frequently about the world of athletics in the uh, state of Montana. But what are your early impressions? Because I know you're a guy that follows it intensely. You're a big-time Bobcat guy. You followed the Bobcats your whole life. So what are your impressions of Brett Vegan uh, as he enters now pretty quickly here his first season as Montana State's head coach? Well, you know, I think we have one of the tougher schedules, or the Cats do. I don't actually play for the team. But uh, one of the tougher schedules in the Big Sky was on the road at Wyoming, but you've also got road games against Eastern and Weber and the Grizz. So I think he's going to be tested right away. Uh, there's a ton coming back, especially a running back. Uh, and then he got McKay coming in at quarterback after sitting out last year like everybody did. So I think, I think they'll be in good shape. Um, he's not the talker that Choate was so far and the rah-rah guy like Choate was. Uh, but either was Ash, and Ash did okay. So uh, I'm optimistic <laughs> would be the best way to put it. Well, uh, the Bobcats... They have a ton of talent. Starts and ends with Troy Anderson. I guess it starts. It does not end. But I, I believe that they have a variety of All-American caliber talent on their roster, from Chase Benson to Amandre Williams, Isaiah Fonse, Lewis Kidd, Taylor Tuiasasopo. The Bobcats should be loaded from a talent perspective. So if they can play hard for the new coaching staff, I think they'll be in pretty good shape. Let's talk some high school football. You spent last fall calling the newest high school in Montana, the Gallatin Raptors. So first and foremost, tease for tomorrow, Ryland Schlepp a tight end from Gallatin High School, who is the first Division One commit from that high school, will join us here on Nuanas now. So tell us a little bit about Ryland. He, he's a, a tight end, a defensive lineman, and a guy that seems like he's got a lot of talent, but you watched this kid quite a bit this year. So what's sort of uh, his skill set that he brings to the table as a verbal commit to the Montana State Bobcats? You know, he's physical. I don't know if he's the fastest tight end in the state. Uh, he's got good speed. Uh, but he's very physical. I think uh, you saw a lot of that when he was playing high school basketball as well. He was one of the leading rebounders in the state in his first year of playing any kind of varsity sports, and he was first year playing varsity football as well. He actually was injured his sophomore year of football, so he played as a freshman, then was hurt his sophomore year, and then went straight into varsity his junior year. There was no seniors last year uh, to play, and so I was really impressed. He got double-teamed a lot towards the end of the year, but he high-points the ball really well, uh, blocks really well on the line, and I, I think his uh, intensity and his tenacity when the ball is in the air uh, is the reason why a lot of these schools are looking at him. And uh, I, I think that he'll probably redshirt the first year, but he's got a huge upside. Uh, had six touchdowns last year. They only scored 11 through the air, so he had uh, more than half of them. So uh, I think it's a good get. I know a lot of the uh, smaller schools were looking at him, but again, there wasn't a lot of film on him coming out, and uh, I think the Cats got a uh, diamond in the rough, if you will. I totally agree. Ian Laird joining us. He is the voice of the Gallatin Raptors high school football team. Talking a little bit about Ryland Schlepp, who is on his way to Montana State, but he has a couple years of high school football left. But I thought that that leading rebounder was a um, telling statistic because that, that, that is very transferable, I believe. If you can go get the ball in basketball and you're willing to be physical and and bang in the paint and box people out, those skills are going to absolutely help you uh, play in the position of tight end for sure. It also shows that he's athletic, but Ryland Schlepp was the leading rebounder in Class AA statistically. Also had 31 catches for 489 yards and six touchdowns. So um, a a great year as a sophomore, and he still has a couple years to get uh, better as he continues to uh, progress as a prospect. Take us through season one for the Gallatin Raptors. I mean, what was it sort of like to watch a, a new high school? Because I know that there's been this narrative around the state. Oh, it's not fair. Bozeman High School has so many kids. There's, you know, they're winning all these championships because of the population. I think it had a lot to do with the coaching and, and just the town that Bozeman is as well. So maybe that element was sort of a short sell. But all that aside, now there's three AA high schools in that area when there was just one just a couple of years ago. So what sort of impact do you think just the creation of Gallatin High School as a whole has had on uh, the Bozeman and surrounding areas? You know, I don't think you're going to see a huge impact right away. I think in the next two to three years, uh, you'll see the, the talent level drop a little bit from Bozeman High. Because, again, Gallatin High only had juniors last year, no seniors at all. Right. So they'll be, I think, since Glacier started, they'll be the first team to ever have every single player returning the next year. 
Nobody graduates. Nobody goes anywhere. You've got some new kids coming in. So it was awesome to be a part of the first year and, and to be the first one to call the game and, and their first game and everything else. It was really cool. Uh, you saw a lot of progression and positives going out through the season. They only won one game. They beat Belgrade. Uh, but they were right in it with Skyview. They were in it for CMR for a little bit. But at the end of each game, you kind of saw that wear and tear of playing varsity ball for all these kids for the first time and stepping up. I mean, you go against senior one week and then Billings West and the Dowlers the next week, and then you go straight into Great Falls High. It was rough for these kids, and I think it took took some out of them. Uh, they didn't have the weight room time that a lot of these other seniors did, but it was a good year. I think if you would talk to them, they'd give it about a, a solid B, uh, and I think they're going to be a lot better coming up this year. Interesting, full too, because the coaching staff at Gallatin High School – uh, is very young, and I know there's a lot of guys that have um, big-time names around that area. I know J.P. Flynn was helping out, former Bobcat All-American offensive lineman and a guy who played for the San Francisco 49ers for a couple years. Uh, Hunter Chandler was a great player at Bozeman High once upon a time, and now is the head coach there, but he must he can't be any more than 30 because I remember covering him when he was still in high school. Um, so what do you think of just sort of the new coaching staff? Because it seems like if you have young, energetic guys, especially guys that have recognizable names, that could be, um, I don't want to say a recruiting tool because they're not necessarily recruiting, but it could be an allure for for kids to go to Gallatin High, or, or, or I guess it, it just adds to maybe the respect that the coaches can garner. So what do you think of the young coaching staff that Gallatin has? You know, anytime you have, and I agree, there's not really recruiting, but anytime you have MSU at your back door and you can get those players into your program and getting some of either be Bozeman High or Gallatin excited uh, about the chances to go up there, Tucker Yates uh, is another coach that was on the team. Everybody knows about him if you're in Bozeman and the, the fumble cause and everything else. Um, and then I believe it was Lewis Kidd helped out a little bit this last uh, fall. So you've, you've got all those names in there, and a lot of those kids grew up following them, even though they're only four years older than them. But they grew up through eighth grade and the beginning of high school following those kids, and it's really cool to be able to see them and get in the weight room with them, if it's maybe not coaching, but just what they do in the weight room, how they, they rep through that and how the FCS does the weight rooms and does drills and stuff like that. I think it's a huge positive, and I'm sure the UM schools have a lot of that over there as well. Um, but I think I think it was great, and you talk to the kids, and they love hanging out with these guys. They're all super cool uh, to the kids. They've really given back to the to Gallatin High uh, so far last year, and, and I think that was one of the big drawbacks last year was just the size and the strength, getting into the weight room, hitting the offensive lineman. But you've got somebody like J.P. Flynn, to show you how to do it, or Yates on the defensive side, it's always going to be a positive. Ian Laird joining us. He does a lot of play-by-play at the high school level around the Gallatin Valley, most recently and currently the voice of the Gallatin High Raptors. What do you think of the Eastern AA, Ian? Because you've had a front-row seat for this for a while because you used to do a lot of Bozeman Hawks games as well. Uh, you and I did some Bozeman games a couple years ago when Bozeman uh, had a, a great team that um, – Went on a nice playoff run before, uh, falling before falling in the state championship game at Butte. But the the double A right now, the Eastern Double A last year, uh, Missoula Sentinel was such a powerhouse uh, on the West side, and Helena High was solid. But other than that, the West was not as good as it, it has been. Whereas the East had a ton of competition, a ton of really good teams. So, what do you think overall of the landscape of the Eastern Double A coming into this current high school football season? I think it'll be about the same. I think the East is, uh, and again, I follow the East a lot more, like you said, than the West. Uh, being both Bozeman and Gallatin High's play-by-play people, I, guy, I see every team at least once, sometimes twice. I follow them, what they're doing throughout the year. Talent-wise in the East, it's at least on the offensive side, it's unbelievable. I mean, you look at Billings West, they've got a great quarterback. He could be average, and when you have the Dowler Twins out there taking 98-yard little dump passes to the house. Uh, You had Daly, who graduated, but you've got a great running back over there. And then you've got the young kid, I think he's going to be a junior, Harris, uh, out of Great Falls High. They do lose Torgerson, but they've got some huge weapons up there. I think you're going to see a ton of points on the East. I think they're going to beat each other up. But I think at the end of it, 
I think the top two, maybe even three teams are going to come out or going to be out of the East now how the bracket works out. and Some of them might have to play each other and knock each other out. But I think Helena High is a good team, and I think Sentinel's good. But I really think in the long run, uh, the East is, is much more competitive and a lot more dominant than it is on the West side. I got a chance to see a couple of the guys from the East last week, actually, because Marty Morningweg hosted his annual quarterback school here in Missoula. And so I got a chance to see Isaiah Clounch, the uh, returning starting quarterback for Billings West. A really good athlete, really good in the open field. Um, I think if he continues to work on his mechanics, he could be a college-level guy. Reed Harris, uh, what an athlete, man. I, I watched him play basketball this last year. Thought he was super athletic. Super He's unbelievable. Smooth. Right. I, yeah, I thought he was very smooth. <laughs> but, I mean, wait till you see him now, Ian. I don't know when the last time you saw him was. I bet you he's put on 30 pounds. I mean, he was like 210 pounds. He was looking like a straight Division One defensive end out there throwing the ball. So, uh, you're right. The quarterbacks are sort of the story in the East. It seems like there's several uh, very talented, highly talented guys. Yeah, I, I think Harris, of course, is a younger kid, and everybody's talking about him. Uh, Clouch, I think, would be good, even if he didn't, doesn't have those weapons at West. West just turns out. I mean, their system just turns out players, and every year they, they seem to be at the top. Uh, senior has moments where they're really good, and then all of a sudden they'll fade off for a couple of years. West never does that. Uh, but with that, his talent, like you said, a little mechanics issues here and there, but with what he has on the offensive side, Good luck to the secondaries of every other Eastern team and whoever they face in the playoffs because I mean, you're going to have to put up massive points against a very good West defense to keep up with them. And then Harris is just, I mean, he was a sophomore last year. He was just kind of coming in, first year being a starter for Great Falls High. I see today where he was invited to the elite basketball camp for Boise State. Boise State isn't really known to be an amazing basketball school, but he's getting looked at by a ton of people as a junior uh, if he can stay healthy and keep that size and still have the uh, agility that he had and his running ability, um, he's he's going to be a stud. Ian Laird, play-by-play guy over there in the Gallatin Valley, voice of the Gallatin Raptors, joining us here on Nuanas Now. Ian, thanks for making some time, man. Let's do it again soon. Thanks so much. You know, you're you're welcome for me coming on. It's probably going to be the highest-rated uh, <laughs> podcast that you put out there. Uh, so far this year. So uh, I appreciate coming on and uh, look forward to talking to you later. Thanks, my man. Ian Laird here on Nuanas Now. Tommy can't stop lighting his house on fire. I don't know why. He's going to tell us more about why right after this. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. One, two, three. is now on ESPN Radio. That's what Tommy's doing, burning down the house. One of the coolest parts about working at Missoula Broadcasting Company is getting to hang out with all these music nerds. Because you might think I'm a big-time sports nerd, and I obviously am. But, man, music nerds are a special kind of nerd, and we have some of the greatest music nerds ever. So getting your daily lesson about music, I just, I'll hear a band on the trail, 103.3, or uh, I'll just think of a band, and I'll ask Robert Chase, the director of the trail, Chase, what do you think of this band? You get like a 15-minute college-style lecture on whoever the band might be. It's it's so awesome. But the Talking Heads, one of my, uh, 
I, sh- I would say new favorite band since I started working here because Chase has taught me so much about them. Gotta love it. Nuana's now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Our illustrious producer, Tommy, can't stop burning down his house. <laughs> I don't know why I think this is so funny because it's not funny. If Tommy's house burns down, this is a horrific thing. And uh, I don't. I won't be able to have a radio show because I can't even turn on this freaking board. I have no clue what's going on. But... Uh, Tommy, you said you said today when we talked, you said I got all sorts of stories for you. So you said you got your bike stolen, yeah, and uh, that you somehow almost burned your house down again. So yeah. uh, what's what's going on, dude? Are you okay? Well, no, Coulter, none of us are okay. <laughs> That's um, true. We can't even breathe. I can't even talk. I know. Same here. You know, a number of things have happened to me since you last had me on for a segment. I was hit by a car in the <laughs> Best Buy parking lot. I'm glad that brings you such joy, bro. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's and, just so funny. But what you have to know is that, and, and if folks are listening, maybe you recall the Grand Walk Kitchen Fire story. Oh, yeah. Where my walk went just into total flames. <laughs> and it's weird, man. Like, I worked in a lot of kitchens. I've dealt with a lot of fires. You know, you throw something in the oven, close it up, snuff it out. I panicked. And I set the burning walk onto the linoleum floor and had like a <laughs> bubbling linoleum lava pit while this thing's go. I got black plastic smoke rolling out of my house. Well, I mean, this was like six months. This was maybe a year ago. Okay. And so I went out. This was the last couple weeks. And I said, you know what it's time for? It's time for a walk. Because I'm thinking about some sautéed stuff, some seared green beans, you know? Hell yeah. Uh, anything, right? Pot stickers? Yep. Oh, you got to have the high heat and the garlic oil. So I go, I'm going to get the walk and I'm going to do this. Well, the problem <laughs> is I came home with the walk and I said, you know what I got to do? I've got to set the scene. Okay, the kitchen has to be perfect. I got to clean this up. There's a couple of dishes in the sink. There's some kind of, you know, leftover redundant mac and cheese on the stovetop. I said, I'm going to clean up. So I spray the stuff and I'm wiping it down and getting everything ready so I can have a nice, clean cooking experience. Well, somehow, now I had taken the wok and opened up the oven door and set it on the top shelf because I don't have any counter space at my little place that I keep trying to burn to the ground. (laughs) And so I set the wok in the oven as a storage place. Well, long story short, I had, while cleaning the top of the oven, whacked a little knob. You turn it clockwise and it goes 200, 250, 300, whatever. You turn the oven on. You turn it the other way, one click, it goes to broil. Right. I didn't know I'd put it on broil. Oh, boy. But I'm going, man, this cleaner smells kind of kind of chemically like plastic. Oh That's kind of weird. Took the dog outside, messed around, <laughs> did this, did that. I don't know. Probably drank a little whiskey, went back, got a little <laughs> bit more whiskey, and and I come back out and there's smoke rolling. Oh. I'm going, I took something and forgot about it because this is not happening. Well, there's smoke coming out of the oven. I pop the door open and the broilers, the, the elements are touching my brand new wok. Flames coming out of the oven. Whoosh. My God, Tommy. Wok is on fire. Second time around. I did not put it on the floor though this time. <laughs> and so I let, and this what was, was a fancy walk. Huh? What was in the walk? What was the thing that was on fire? The walk itself. You lit the actual walk on fire. It was like the nonstick coating oh had like God. erupted. Oh my God. And there was like a chunk of wood on the handle. It was a real wooden handle. That was smelled like a campfire. So I let this cool off. I take it out to the dumpster and I throw it at the dumpster instead of going into it. And I says, look, I got to go to work. We got networking problems. I got to run by Best Buy and get these Cat6 Ethernet to USB 3.0 adapters because we've got multiple subnets and they're not communicating. I've got to fix up this network. So I park and I go to run inside and this car goes... And I go, whoa, boom, slams into my this leg. This is the same day. This is the same story. Same story. I smell <laughs> like burning plastic and wood, and I'm getting run over by some buffoon who's asking for help with their Roku remote. Best Buy. So I kind of jumped up in the air and kind of ran away. Thankfully, escaped generally unscathed. And I thought, there's one person I'm not going to tell about any of this, and it's Coulter. Because you sit in there and laugh and laugh and laugh like it's just the best thing you've ever heard. And it's always at my expense, man. 
Always. So, Ty, here's what we're going to do. The next time you want some pot stickers, just call me, man. I'll make them for you. I'm pretty good at not lighting the house on fire. I have a nice walk. Oh, your poor girlfriend. I told her, hey, I'm sorry that I'm so nuts. And she says, I like chaos. <laughs> Well, Rachel, you're keeper. Good, good, congratulations to you for finding the uh, the only guy that could light two house fires with walks. That's right. In all seriousness, you have to be careful, dude. You can't burn down your house. Why? <laughs> I just, I don't want you to die. I don't want you to get hit by a car again. I don't want you to burn up. <laughs> I, I need you around here. We gotta have, we gotta have you. In all honesty, I will say I didn't really get hit. I just got bumped by the car. Okay, so that's okay. I mean, sort of. Pay attention out there, people. Drive safe. Drive slow. Watch out for producer Tommy. That's exactly right. Keep a fire extinguisher nearby when I am in your presence. Nuwana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television around the great state of Montana. I'm Coulter Nuwana's. Do this each and every weekday on ESPN Missoula. couple pieces... Of uh, accomplishment for some Montanans, Joey Lovell, a Bozeman product. He's the champion of the men's state amateur. It was sold out at Canyon River, great supporter of this show here in Missoula. Joey Lovell was able to overtake Joey Moore. Joey Moore from Billings, currently a uh, golfer at San Diego State, one of the premier college golfers in the country. Joey Moore broke the Canyon River course record with a 62 early in the weekend. But uh, Lovell goes 65, 66, 65, and that was good enough to take home the Men's uh, State Amateur Championship. So congratulations to Joey. He'll join us here uh, probably, Nuanas, now. He just texted me and said he would give me a call tonight, so uh, hopefully we have him for tomorrow. Public service announcement, by the way. No Nuanas now, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I'm uh, taking my annual late July break to uh, plan a golf tournament here at the Missoula Country Club, play with some great friends of this show and and uh, guys that help support us um, so generously um, with their advertising dollars. And so uh, I'll be playing golf Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So no nuances now, but uh, Regime Seabrook going to swing by tomorrow. Joey Lovell probably will join us. And uh, Rylan, Schnepp, Rylan Schlepp, excuse me, the new Montana State tight end commit will also join us tomorrow. On Nuanas now. We've been talking Big Sky State games, specifically the Montana Mile. It's always a really fun race because it attracts runners of all age levels. I, I was going to say all ability levels, but everybody that runs in the Montana Mile is elite. They are all uh, five-minute-ish milers if they are uh, women, and they're in the four-and-a-half-minute range if they're men. Uh, but Duncan Hamilton, what a spring and summer for this kid, man. What an awesome story. Bows in Montana. The Montana Mile is a great deal, and it's a big win, but um, probably down the list of his accomplishments over these last couple months, and that's only to say, not to demean the race whatsoever, but to say that this kid was running at, I mean, he was multiple-time Big Sky Conference champion uh, while competing at Montana State. Then he goes to the NCAA West Regionals. Then he goes to the NCAA National Meet, and he gets All-American honors, first-team All-American honors in the 3,000-meter steeplechase. Then he participates in the United States Olympic Trials and makes it all the way to the finals in the 3K steeplechase. So this kid is an absolute animal. He is one of the great athletes in the state of Montana, but he added another title to his uh, outstanding latest run, Duncan Hamilton, the men's uh, Montana Mile champion, and Becca Rickman, who's an outstanding runner at Montana Tech, a burgeoning and recently created cross-country program. She was the women's winner as well. So congratulations to both of them. We'll keep you up to date everything that's going on with the Big Sky State Games. More than 9,000 of our fellow Montanans competing in a variety of amateur sports. Speaking of amateur sports, the Olympics is coming up. Top 25 Olympic athletes to watch. Plus, the NBA draft is also coming up. I've seen a lot of these guys. What do I think of some of the mock drafts that are coming out? And the big news of the weekend around the Garden City Missoula Paddleheads, the first half champions in the Pioneer League North. Jeff Safford, voice of the Paddleheads, will join us at about 5.30. And then he'll be on the call tonight for the Missoula Paddleheads as well. Paddleheads take on the Billings Mustangs, the final game of a six-game set. Uh, Sort of interesting because in the middle of this series is when the first half ended. So the Paddleheads clinched the first half title on Friday. So then Saturday, Sunday, and tonight are the first three games of the second half. 
So Jeff Safford will swing by and uh, usually comes by on Tuesdays, but we're going to have him here today to uh, sort of recap the first half of the season, get a little preview of the second half of the season as well. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you hot. Olympics, NBA mock drafts, Missoula Paddleheads, and much more. Keep it right here on Nuanas Now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 